Welcome to the Dub Dub Review, and I'm your host, Chris Malik. Today, you're going to be listening to a special episode of the Dub Dub Review. But before we talk about the show, I wanted to do a brief introduction for the Dub Dub Review's YouTube channel. We just started a YouTube channel, so if you could go to YouTube and subscribe, that would help us out. Our plan with YouTube is we're going to upload our entire audio library for you to listen to, but in the future, those audio podcasts are going to be accompanied by video, and we do have plans for getting live video in Florida. You know, Pete does live in Florida, and Michael Black is helping us out as well, too. You'll remember Michael Black as the cameraman, editor, producer, uh, voiceover, uh, pretty much everything guy with Christina and Jordan and Cameron for the Theme Park Brothers YouTube channel. So again, if you could go to YouTube at the Dub Dub Review and subscribe, that would really help us. Thank you for that. Today's show actually is a Patreon episode. So we have a Patreon account. It's patreon.com backslash the dubs. But the point of today's show was we interviewed Jeremy Murray back early morning on Super Bowl Sunday. And our Patreon platform is a very casual conversation. And the show came out really good, very enjoyable. We thought you'd actually really enjoy listening to it. But the reason we're actually airing that show is the second half of that show, Jeremy touches on a, let's say, a development between him and his brother that I would really like you to hear. So, Without a lot of introduction, without a lot of fanfare, I would like to play the Patreon episode of the Jeremy Murray interview. Thanks, guys. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on the WW Reviews Facebook page or on our private Facebook group, which is Edcot, E-D-C-O-T. Okay, without further delay, the Jeremy Murray interview. One last thing, and we want to give you a fair warning before you listen that due to the conversational and casual nature of the Patreon platform, where we tell every guest that they're free to say whatever they want, and it pretty much hits the air, you're going to hear a few profanities in today's show. Now, we're going to go and make sure that the show is rated appropriately in our podcast server, so don't worry about that. And we pride ourselves on having our content and our conversation on every episode of the WW Review being family-friendly. And we still feel this show is family-friendly, though just be forewarned, there are a few times where there's a cuss word that's uttered. We decided to leave it in. Obviously, the profanity is not integral in the conversation, but it is the natural conversation that occurred. So again, we're going to go and make sure that the show is rated appropriately, and we want to give you a fair heads up. Now, that being said, we know you're going to enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's Chris with the Patreon show. This is going to be for February, um, and I've got a good friend, Jeremy Murray. Jeremy, how you doing, buddy? I'm uh, doing really good. How you doing? Doing really well. Jeremy, we're actually on audio and video, so you and I have been chatting for about a half an hour, drinking our coffee early on a Sunday morning. Actually, this happens to be Super Bowl Sunday. You a football fan, Jeremy? Um, Periodically. Okay. Like, uh, in my childhood, I was a... Uh, a bandwagon jumper to whoever was winning. Gotcha. Because <laughs> no one, none of the adults in my house like sports. But like, if uh, there was a while there where San Francisco was really good, so I was a San Francisco fan. And then, you know, the Cowboys were really good. And, ah, whatever. Okay. And I did. Yeah. Are you a Patriots yeah. fan? Because you live in you live in Vermont, right? I do. So my wife is a big Patriots fan. Okay. Um and. 
around the time I was college age, I started watching Giants games. I saw the picture uh, of you in the jersey. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so there was a period of time um, right when Eli first came on and everybody was mad about the big trade that brought Eli to the Giants. That's when I first really started watching football. And uh, so I saw every game for probably three seasons when we were eating brunch, you know, um, college age kids. And uh, um, I really found myself liking the Giants because I knew all the players. Yeah. And uh, then I met my lady and um, she was a big Patriots fan. And it's not like, hey, some of my favorite Super Bowls have the Patriots in them. So, you know, cool. (laughs) The Giants Patriots, you know, will you watch the game today at all? Uh, yeah, so I'm actually, uh, at some point today, my brother-in-law, who is a lifelong um, San Francisco fan, he's going to call me up, and he's going to give me, like, a 30-minute chat on what to watch for both teams, so he's going to give me the season recap, so I know, you know. Gotcha, the Cliff Notes in. version of the team's yeah, history for this year. Yeah, the Cliff Notes version of the whole season without having to watch it. Nice, nice. So, so you and I are just chatting today. These shows are always really casual. There's, I, I've got some questions written down, but believe me, if you saw the questions, you'd be laughing. Um, and, and all we're doing here is we're just talking and I want to learn more about you. So our goal is with, 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 with this is, you know what? We don't have a chance to really dive deep on a person and kind of get to know them well. And that's exactly what this provides. So we're going to talk about things like, like, like your love of, you know, Disney, how that started. Uh, we're going to talk about, about, frankly, I want to know your area. You, you live in St. Albans. Is that, is that, did I say yeah. that? And yeah, I want I to know what be, that, what that's be, like. I could be to the Canadian border in like 20 minutes from my house. Get out. Really? Um, yeah. Like we made a lot of day trips. Um, when I was younger, I, I played a competitive magic, the gathering. So I was a, I was an Uber nerd Gotcha. <laughs> and we'd go up to Canada for some of the big tournaments. Um, but St. Albans, Vermont's super rural. The whole city's got maybe 14,000 people. Okay. Um, Vermont's got, I don't know if we even have half a million people for the whole population of Vermont. So the entire state. Yeah. Yeah. The entire state. Like, so it's very rural out here and, um, we have like, you know, our cities are, you know, our biggest one I think is around 40,000 to 60,000. That's Burlington. And then, uh, I live in one 12 to 14,000. And then there's, I grew up in a town that had 2000 people. Very, very small. Okay. What's the topography like? Okay. So Vermont, um, I live in a place called the Champlain Valley. So a long time ago, well, I say a long time ago, about 12,000 years ago, there was 5,000 to 6,000 feet of ice where I live right now. Okay. Um, it was a glacier that moved through and it scooped everything down. So, um, the sixth, you've got the great lakes, which are the five largest sources of fresh water. Uh, in the United States, I live um, two minutes from the sixth largest freshwater lake, which is called Lake Champlain. That's where Pogo lives, right? Pogo, no, <laughs> uh, Champ. Champ. Oh, there you go, Champ. 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 Yes, yeah. Champ is like Nessie. Gotcha. But, but actually, Champ is older than Nessie because the first uh, written, um, the first written account of Champ was by Samuel D. Champlain. Okay. Which is which is why he's called Champ. Champ. 
So Samuel D. Champlain was like an explorer who was very short uh, shortly after uh, Christopher Columbus. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah. If, if anyone's listening, they're like, what does that mean? It's a, it's a, it's a sea monster that lives in Lake Champlain. Yeah. Lake Champlain runs north to south, correct? And it's kind of oddly shaped yeah. and gets wide. It, it, is is yeah. that correct? Yes. It's over 100 miles long okay. and have places that are over 400 feet deep. Okay. So, and I'm going to destroy my credibility, my credibility. I'm going to completely destroy it right off the bat. When I was, when I was 12 years old, someone bet me that I couldn't swim to an Island called lazy lady. It was a three mile swim. Holy cow. And I swam three miles, uh, to lazy lady Island. And when I was out in the middle, I saw a 20 foot ripple that came up maybe a hundred feet away from me and paced me for a while. And I was like, oh, my God, it's champ. You're going to get eaten and alive. I think, yeah, dude, I swear. <laughs> so there was this 20-foot ripple that came up next to me. Now, we've got sturgeon in the lake, and sturgeon can be, like, eight foot long. Okay. And uh, they they will actually run consecutively, so they'll run front to back. So it could have been three sturgeons. Gotcha. But if you, I'm not willing to say I did not encounter champ while swimming to lazy lady island holy cow i i would tell you i'm a good swimmer myself too as well i would have freaked the f out if that was oh my god oh my lord so okay Uh, okay i gotta ask you a follow-up three miles out on lazy lady island yes three miles back was it a six mile swim you did a six yeah like as the yeah yeah (sighs) Oh my well, god! Okay, I gotta I gotta tell you something about myself. I have um, I've got a like a a high BMI. Okay. So, so like when I swim, it's more like you know how Buzz Lightyear falls with style. <laughs> I actually I'm floating with style. Nice. So like like there's no if you give me enough time, I can swim any distance because I don't if I I can just stop and rest. Okay. Okay, <laughs> that was part of the reason for the challenge. As long as there's not too much waves going on, like I can go any amount of distance. Wow! But I'm just pretty much a buoy with arms and legs. <laughs> That's a great story. Okay, um, I, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if Vermont's ever been on my travel to list. The things I associate with Vermont are, are maple syrup mm-hmm. and cabbage yep. cheese. Yeah, and for some reason, I don't know Ben and Jerry's. Ben, ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's. Correct. Um. And uh, for some reason, I got this stuck in my mind, like sheeps or goats in like like hillsides with grass. Is that is that accurate? Uh, the Sound of Music. So the Sound of Music, the Von Trapp family. Gotcha. Have you ever watched the Sound of yes, Music? Yes. Okay. Was it so filmed? the Von Trapp family has a lodge up near Smuggler's Notch, and they own it's the kids who came here after the escape from the Germans gotcha. all settled in Vermont, and so we have yeah you can go visit the Von Trapp family lodge, which still has ancestors of the people who were depicted in that movie. Wow. Okay, so I wasn't that far off. Um, no. Tim Hortons, is there a Tim Hortons across the border from you? Probably. I mean, as soon as you get into Canada, there's Arby's and Tim Hortons and everything. We don't have nothing in Vermont, but yeah. we get, Actually, we do have a Texas Roadhouse, but that's pretty much okay. Chili's. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a little yeah. jealous in that way. We haven't even gotten to the show. I'm jealous because my kids... They're addicted. We don't watch the news at dinner time. We have a small TV we put on just for background noise. Mm. So we often watch YouTube videos, and they could be Disney yeah. or they could be 
you know, the YouTube mock documentaries from a company called Babbletop or whatever. Mm. And so it's like, like foods Canada has that America wishes they had. Oh, yeah. And it's always like, <laughs> wait a minute, I need that candy bar. I need that, yeah. you know, so outstanding. Mm. All right. Yeah. Tell so me about- it's funny. I, um, I kind of went, like, I was so spoiled of being able to go to Canada unrestricted. It was literally like, I'm going to drive to Canada. I'm going to drive to Burlington. It was the same thing. But then 9-11 happened. Mm. And all of a sudden they wanted, like, passports and or whatever. And, like, passports, like, 200 bucks. Yeah. And I'm like, I am not paying 200 bucks. Like, I didn't go to Canada for, like, 10 years because I was essentially on strike because I was mad. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, what? Suddenly you don't trust me after all this time? Like, I was righteous indignation. Wow. Like, I was... It yeah. was like the movie Canadian Bacon with uh, John Candy. Did you ever see Canadian Bacon with Alan Alda and John Candy? No? But not that I recall. I, I mean, I'm sure I've seen it, but I just don't recall it. Oh, man. Yeah. It, it is a silly, crazy movie. It's goofy. Have you seen uh, Super Troopers? Um, I have not, but I've got a fact about that that I could blow your mind with. Go ahead. Uh, well, Super Troopers is uh, a movie that was – it's a spoof movie that was made about the police troopers of Vermont. Okay. And they made a second one. And the second one is actually um, another spoof story about the annexing of of town that was part of Vermont that's becoming part of Canada or vice versa. I forget, but that's how it is here because there's there's buildings you can go in in Vermont that are half in Canada and half in the United States. Holy cow! Yeah, you walk in one door and you're in the United States. If you walk out of the other door, you're in Canada. So they put like a velvet rope across so you don't accidentally cross into Canada. Crossover. Is yeah. there is there an actor in Super Troopers that is Indian? Is there is, or, or, or Pakistani? Is there an actor in the movie? Maybe. I have my memory for that. My details is bad. Okay. Yeah. The reason I say this is I've never seen the movie, but we have a golfer that plays my little nine-hole course. Okay. It's, it's his dad, and he claims to everybody that his son was in Super Troopers. Um, oh, wow. But I have, to, cool. I, I have to go research it. That's like the least factual piece of fact I've ever dropped yeah. on a show. So um, I don't know. If it ever comes up in the project you and Michael Black are doing, I'll have to go back and watch it. We'll I guess. watch it. Okay. <laughs> you ready to get some questions down here, buddy? Yeah, let's do this, man. All right. So, so explain to me. Your let's start off the right way with your Disney backstory. How what is the attraction or what is the connection to Disney in your life? Okay, um, so <clears throat> if we're gonna talk about my Disney connection, it's important to lay down um, that we grew up. My family was poor. Like when I say poor, like but we I didn't know it. Like it was just the normal thing. But, like, my some of my earliest memories were standing in line to get, like, a big block of government cheese mm. or commodities, um, like cornmeal and whatever. Um, we, we had, like, uh, once a week, um, the WIC people would drop cereal off at the door. Like, we were definitely um, – there were six kids – two parents and my grandmother who had dementia lived with us. So we had nine people living in the house. My dad was a janitor and my mom was raising kids and make sure my grandmother didn't wander off too far. So we were, we just didn't have a lot of money um, for anything. So our, basically our one treat every year is um, we would all chip in a quarter. We got an allowance of 50 cents 
and uh, one uh, one quarter would go into the com- the collection plate at church, and the other quarter we would all chip in uh, for when the fair, uh, the Champlain Valley Fair, came to town, um, and that would come to town once a year, and then we would all have pooled our resources all year long. And then we would purchase like these little tickets and you could go on rides at the fair. Okay. And that was like the thing that we looked forward to all year long was the Champlain Valley fair. And we were ride riders. And my dad, who was looking back at it, it was kind of nuts, honestly. Like this is just to tell you how much we cut our teeth on rides at the fair. My, my brother, Paul was born in March and the fair came in August. So so my brother Paul was five months old. Gotcha. And he was born at five pounds. My father took him on the tilter world with oh him gosh. and just tucked him under just tucked him under an arm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so so the, to explain, like at at eight years old, I would have let them put me in a catapult and just fling me if I knew there was a net on the other side to catch me. Because like I was raised to think that that was the best thing that could happen to a person. Gotcha. <laughs> so, um, so my connection to Disney, um, when, when my, my sister, my oldest sister got into college and, um, we were, uh, let me see, I was probably 10 years old and, um, my father decided it was cheaper to drive her down than to put her on an airplane to Florida. She was in college so in Florida. Got- okay. Yeah, right. so okay. we got into a station wagon, and there was, uh, well, so eight of us in a station wagon. So I sat in the way back of the station wagon with that. There were no seat belts or anything. Gotcha. Like, like there was no, not even a seat. It was like a square box. Oh, okay, okay. And there was like sleeping bags stuffed around me and suitcases stuffed around me. And I sat there, and we drove for like two and a half days from Vermont straight through to Florida with my mom and dad just switching on and off. And uh, we took our fare money that year (laughs) and we got into Disney. And I was expecting that this was the culmination of the excitement of my life. Gotcha. This was going to be, here it was, like this is going to be the Champlain Valley Fair on steroids. This was going to be like 10, 10, Champlain Valley Fairs. So, like, I was pumped for it. Have you researched uh, it prior to this, Jeremy? Did you know what to expect at all, or did no. you just know I you are going to Disney? Inter- yeah. This is pre-internet. Gotcha. Like, you know, you knew that there was stuff there, but we didn't know what it was. Okay. But it was almost like because because you didn't know what was going to be there, There was it was even more awesome. Okay. Like, like whatever dream I had was already down there, you know? <laughs> like, oh, my God, I don't even know what they're going to do to me, but it's going to be amazing. Okay. So we went to, um, we went, we went to Disney and my first thing, like I live in Vermont and like everything's small here. Like, like we've got 12,000 people in the town we live in, um, now. And I, I grew up in a town that had 2000 people. So I had never seen a parking lot like Disney. Okay. The first thing, the first thing we get there is there's a parking lot and you can't even see the end of it. Like, like a parking lot so big it meets the horizon. Yes. Like, what, what is this place? This is madness. Yeah. <laughs> like I, was, I might as well have been on the moon. So, we, <laughs> so we walk in there, and you know, 
my dad's complaining the whole time that this place is a ripoff and look how much they're charging us for tickets, but we're going to do it. And, you know, and so, so the kids are excited, but my dad, he is, he is bitching from the moment we get there. And, um, side story. If I ever say anything unkind about my dad, my, my dad, um, he didn't really like to bond with people. My dad worked third shift, didn't really like people, honestly, didn't really like kids too much. And when I was like 14, he was removed from my house for domestic violence. Like he was a very rough guy. Okay. But that said, he he was so animated about stuff when he got upset. It still was funny. Like you'd want to get out of the old man's way if he was in a foul mood. Gotcha. But if it was pointed at somebody else, it was funny. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. Okay. No, that's totally okay. fine. Uh, yeah, I've been there and done that. So, so anyway, the old man is complaining and he's like whining and he's spending too much money and the Florida sun is hot because we live like, you know. In Vermont. Almost, yeah. <laughs> we look like two steps away from Canada. So, so the old man, it's August. So the old man is pretty much dying out of the gate, which we all think is funny. And adrenaline is just fueling us because we're going to get in there and all of our dreams are going to come true. So we go in, we get the map. And the first thing I ride on is Big Thunder Mountain. Oh my God. It changed my life forever. I imagine. Like I like the Champlain Valley fair does not have big thunder mountain. So, so I'm like 10 years old and I get in this thing. And uh, all I can say is in thunder mountain's got like three rises. So like, my mind was blown after the first, like, you know, go up and come down. And then it happens basically three more times. And, or twice more after the first one. And I knew at that moment that roller coasters would complete me. Hmm. Like, I'm like, this is, I was born for this. <laughs> How did you walk from the front of the park all the way to the back and pass up all those attractions? Like as a kid, it'd be because like, we didn't care because we were there for the rides, man. Okay. We were there. Like, I'm like, huh, look at all these buildings. Let's get to that. Let's get to that roller coaster. Okay. Okay. And so, so like we go there and um, by the time we get waited in line and got off that, the old man was foul. Oh, like he was, Oh my God. Like someone was going to get beat. <laughs> and so like um, he sent us all on a mission. He's like, I tried to drink out of a water fountain, but the water was warm. I need cold water. Like everybody look around for a water fountain that has cold water in it. Like, so, because we had no extra money, like, the thought of paying, like, $3 for, like, a cold soda would have been, like, I don't know. We we just never would do that. Like, the whole family would have to be able to drink out of the the cup, you know? Like, it just... Okay. We would never... (laughs) So, we spent about an hour trying to look around for a water fountain that would meet my dad's definition of cold. Holy cow. And it was just bizarre. And so, then, my mom's like, well, Kenny, let's... Let's have him get on another ride. So he's he's like, ah, this whole place is foolishness. So anyway, my sisters were like, all right, we're going on uh, Space Mountain. And um, uh, Space Mountain is supposed to be really intense. And uh, you're not allowed to go. And what really, there was three girls and three boys in the family. And the three girls are older and the three boys are younger. And I was fifth in line. 
So the girl, like there was a hierarchy in the family. My dad ruled the house. Then my mom was, you know, the second in command. And then the three sisters were like the co-rulers. Gotcha. You know? And so as soon, like as soon as the girls said that Space Mountain would be too rough for me, it was automatically deemed too rough for me. And I'm like, no, no, I love roller coasters. Yeah. I love roller coasters. So like, like there was a, there was a spat that ensued for a short time, but I was not, I was deemed that I would not be suitable for oh. Space Mountain. So I did not go on Space Mountain. So for a long time, the next time I would visit um, Disney, was in uh i want to say basically i was like 28 years old okay so i went from 10 to 28 for 18 years i had a white whale you know like i was uh i was going to ride space mountain for sure yeah like so that's so anyway my dad after the girls rode space mountain my dad was mad he said we're leaving it's too hot here they've got no cold water in the water fountains we're leaving so we were horrified my mom was like no, Kenny, let me let me let me drop you off at the hotel and I'll take the kids back. We can get back in. And he's like, No. She's like, Well, there's fireworks at night. Can we come back when it's cooler at night? He's like, No. Oh man. So so we had to leave Disney after basically all I can remember riding was Big Thunder Mountain. And then my dad got mad and made us go back to the hotel and sit there. Oh man. So so like I don't know. So my first impression of Disney was it had Big Thunder Mountain, which I loved. And then the rest of it was disappointment. And But I still knew that there was stuff there that I wanted to do, but I hadn't done. Jeremy, in some weird, bizarre way, like that kindled a fire for you, I'm sure, forever. Mm. Because you you got to the gates and you mm. saw it, but you <clears throat> couldn't touch it. And you were it's like, true. I need to see more, you know? So, unrequited love. Yeah. Right? I, I have to have more. So um, it worked It worked on your dad's, like, opposite of your dad's intention. He thought he was going to squash that. And he yeah. kindled that maybe forever. Okay. okay. Right. Right. Well, I mean, for the, for, the rest of the, for the rest of the time, we just sat in the hotel room. And my dad complained about how the Champlain Valley Fair was better than <laughs> better than Disney. Okay, okay, that's a that, yeah. no, not passing judgment on your dad, but that's a rough thing to do for the kids, especially when you just drove. Gosh. He was he was he was a unique guy. Okay. Like he was like sometimes he would read uh, the dictionary for fun. Like he was he was just. I don't know. Okay. He was a weird guy. Okay. Like, okay. Interesting. All dads qualify as weird people, but specifically <laughs> in this act of bringing your kids down 30 hours in a car yeah. and then saying one and a half attractions. Oh my yeah. gosh. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, all right. So 28 years next, old. Here we go. 28 years old. I meet my, I meet my wife. We start dating. She had, um, I, first of all, I love my in-laws. They are wonderful people. They raised a great daughter. I won the lottery with my in-laws. Those people are so awesome. Okay. Um, my, my wife had saved and collected bottles and done like fundraising in high school. And she had got to go to Disney and she had gone to Disney with her friend, um, her lifelong friend, uh, who lives in Boston now. And so she was a real Disney person. Now we had network TV, so I had never, I had never really watched the Mickey Mouse Club, the kids, the uh, 
you know, all those teen shows that are Disney teen shows. Yes. Like I was unaware of all of them. Okay. But my wife had grew up on all of that. So she loved, you know, all the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse uh, teenagers that grew into pop stars. She loved uh, just the whole Disney culture. And so um, when we were talking about taking a vacation after we started uh, dating, she's like, well, I want to go to Disney. And I was like, um, so instantly, like the white whale returns. I was like, you, yes. you, yes. I'll see you in hell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. I'm like, I think I'm going to ride space mountain, you know, like <laughs> now, now granted in the meantime, as a teenager, I had gone to like six flags, new England okay. and ridden like Superman, the ride of steel. Gotcha. And believe me, if they are going to name a ride, Superman, they mean it. Okay. Like there's, <laughs> they don't name anything Superman and have it be a wimp roller coaster. Yes. So, so like I had ridden roller coasters that were extreme roller coasters at that time. But it wasn't but Space Mountain. Mind, it wasn't Space Mountain, Jeremy. It you wasn't know. exactly. In my mind, Space Mountain. Like, yeah. So I, I probably had some unreal expectations, but I didn't even care. Like I was just, you know, going to ride Space Mountain. So we went down to uh, Disney and my wife like plan the whole trip and I didn't know any, I just ponied up my money. It was back when, uh, um, I've still actually got one punch on this credit card looking thing that you could get like park hoppers on and they never expire. Okay. And so I've still got one pass on a credit card from like 14 years ago. Okay. Yeah. It was amazing. Anyway. So, so it's worth one day at a park. Yeah. And it's park hopper. Wow. Yeah, it's on a card, but it's. I think it's linked to my fingerprint, and it's been in my wallet for like fourteen years. So I'm not sure. You'll you're never going to use it, are you? It's going to be there forever. No. Like it's it the is. golden ticket of emergency. Yeah. One day. Well, left. now that I'm a DVC member, because I'm a DVC <laughs> member, like now, I, I we buy the annual passes and we stagger them in such a way so that we take two trips mm-hmm. in one year uh, at like eleven months apart, and gotcha. then we take like thirteen months off. Okay. And so, literally, I've always got an annual pass. So I don't literally, I literally don't think I ever will. Gotcha. But it's there. You know what? It's yeah. like how can you equate it? It's like um, um, that really cool Disney cup you got from like McDonald's back in like it's like in the cabinet, but it's like don't use that cup. That's not this is right. show cup. Don't use that one. So yeah, I got exactly. You. Yeah, that's a showpiece right there. All right, so you and your so, you, she wasn't your wife at this point, right? Or, or she was your yeah, wife? She was my she was my girlfriend. Yeah. Okay, okay twenty eight years old. You're there. You're on Space Mountain. Did it meet your expectations? Um, yes, but not for the reason I thought. And the reason why it met my expectations was because I am six foot three and I'm kind of top heavy. Gotcha. And there's no real sides to. I mean, I'm sure if like a normal sized person gets in the space mountain seat, it probably comes up almost to their armpits on their sides and like whatever. To me, it was like I was sitting in a, in a low bottom canoe oh my and being raced through the dark where <laughs> like, oh my God. So the whole time I'm, 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 I'm literally screaming to release tension. So I just don't have a heart attack oh my while gosh. my back is just being like thrown all over the place. And I'm like, I'm just, I, it's my favorite thing. So, yeah, so I loved it, and it was very scary, and I walked a little funny with my back for a few minutes after, but it was totally fine. It was all worth it. Okay. And I love Space Mountain. 
Um, but yeah, so so we did Disney, and my wife is very. It's like having a tour guide with you because like she grew up with the culture, so she's like, oh, I love this, oh, I love this, oh, I love this. Now, what I found out, and I only found out because I was listening to the Disney podcast, is there's actually a lot of things at Disney that I've never done. But because my wife didn't have any interest in doing them, I didn't even know they existed. So I never did my own. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should laugh. No, I got you. I got you. Okay. So, like, there's actually, like, all this stuff on our next trip when we go next January. They're going to be like, hey, we need to. So, basically, I think what's going to happen is our next trip will be all my wife's least favorite stuff. But stuff you have to experience, right? Yeah. Yes. You, you know what? I'm going to give credit here then. So, in answering this question – I guarantee it now. It was the spark. It was the kindling of the fire that simmered for 18 years that yes. created your love for Disney. Okay. Yes. So my next question is going to be, uh, well, it's your favorite attraction. Is it Space Mountain? Is it Big Thunder? Or was it something different? So um, I've got three answers. Uh, Big Thunder it, and it's tied for three. I could not, there's no way I could choose them and for different reasons. Big Thunder, because I get the most nostalgia for that. It's the best. Okay. Um, my uh, um, Everest, Expedition mm-hmm. Everest, is tied with Big Thunder because I strapped my own four-year-old, who was tall for her age. She was four years old, and we got her onto Expedition Everest. Okay. And she loved it okay we came out of that ride and she was giggling and laughing and cheering and pointing up at her picture on the wall with the like and she was so excited that she drew attention from cast members in the little shop as you're leaving and they're like it was almost like they couldn't believe that kid had just got on it and um they're like did you have fun and she's like yeah and they're like what was your favorite part and my daughter without skipping a beat goes my mom screaming because she was scared. Oh, that's awesome. That's a parent win. That's a parent yes. win. Okay. And so that's my second. And then my third one is um, Disney's PhilharMagic. So I love music. I love all those 90s era cartoons. And Donald Duck is my favorite character. Okay. So, so the fact that they took all my favorite songs and made Donald the lead character – and if it's raining, you go into PhilharMagic. If you've been standing too long and you need a break, you go into PhilharMagic. If every, if all of the lines in all the parks are at like 140 minutes because it's stupid, you can always get into PhilharMagic. PhilharMagic is my – it's like my sanctuary when if the day is too hot, PhilharMagic. If you need to sit, PhilharMagic. It fills all the slots for me. And I go in there and I mumble the songs under my breath and – uh, it's my happy place. Okay, that that that's a that's an amazing answer for that question. We've never had PhilharMagic mentioned before, so I appreciate you saying that. Have you seen other parks that Disney owns other than Florida? Have you been to Disneyland? No, no, no. Okay. I, I I flew once as as far as Colorado to go visit my sister who lives out there, and I pretty much that is like I, I don't even ever want to make that flight again. Although I probably will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I just don't fly well. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Okay. That, that's that, that's perfect. That's that's a perfectly acceptable answer. I in no way will the Big Thunder Mountain at any other park meet your qualifications because it doesn't hold the nostalgia. Mm. But I'm saying, as far as ride for ride, the one in Disneyland is a more aggressive version than in Florida, and the one mm. in Disneyland Paris, 
which is I pr- saw your video. I saw your I heard your talking about that. It sounded great, Jeremy. I can't even describe it. You wouldn't think it's the headliner. It's the headliner of the park. Mm. It's so much fun. So All much right. fun. It's so fast. It's so aggressive, and it's so well themed. It's like it's impossible to be this good as a roller coaster attraction. So, it, some point in the future, maybe for you. So there. Yeah, you go. I mean, honestly. <clears throat> Honestly, I think my big my big deal is that I'm I'm just a I'm a big guy. Yeah. So like when I sit in a airplane seat, I am uncomfortable the entire time. Like I do it because I need to get where I'm going, but I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I like at six three and over three hundred and seventy pounds, there's just no place for me to go. Like I literally can't stretch my legs out. Mm. I can't like it's just uncomfortable. Gotcha. So if I ever get like on this walkabout fitness journey where all of a sudden I, you know, like, uh, become a one X guy instead of a four or five X guy, mm-hmm. then maybe I would be, maybe I would fly better. It's possible. It makes sense. I mean, I mean, I mean, even six, three, regardless of whether you were three fifty or one eighty, it's six, three, it's an uncomfortable trip. You know, for me, I'm six foot tall. Yeah. It's an uncomfortable trip. So, yeah, and you know, it's funny, like a lot of people, who who aren't really big wouldn't know this but like like your butt takes up extra real estate not just on the sides but in the back <laughs> so so if you're sitting in a thing and you're sitting two or three inches further forward because you got a big old rump yeah like it it treats you as if you're six eight when you're only six three because you're being pushed forward that in your seat an extra three inches gotcha so at, at six three being a plus size six three i'm taking up or what are they poo size yeah poo size is what scott <laughs> called it correct yeah being a poo sized uh six foot three it's like a six 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 eight like yeah it's, you it's know, not com- a good situation completely valid and actually going to you like, like i think california that's a long flight for me you got an hour and a half or so more than me maybe hour and 40 minutes so you're looking at almost six hours to california and heck, you're close. It's probably it's probably closer to Paris than it is to California for you. You know, in terms of air. Yeah, I'm East Coast. Yeah, like I'm I'm honestly I'm not even privately resentful. I am openly resentful anytime they add something awesome to California. Like they're making the <laughs> Avengers. They're making the Avengers campus out there, and they like I just saw the video the other day. Did you see that they're going to have Spider Man yes. swinging over? Yes. I'm mean, like, come those bastards! Come yeah. on, you're like you they jerks. Just, <laughs> they need to just buy. <laughs> they just need to buy Universal and just cut the crap. Like, yeah. just, just buy it. All whatever's holding them up. Come on, Disney. Figure it out. Buy the franchise. All right, your favorite park in Florida. My favorite park. Uh, I I mean I have to give the cliche Magic Kingdom. It, it it's got it's got the most stuff to do. Although on our last trip in November. Hollywood Studios was my last place two years ago, and all of a sudden it's in my second place. Whoa, interesting. Okay, your yeah. favorite land in any of the lands at the parks? So I have to say my personal favorite land is in Animal Kingdom, and it's over near Tusker House where that band who like plays the drums and stuff and the little stringed instruments they set up camp over near tusker house and they play like when i walk through there i i feel more transported than anywhere else like it always it slows my mind down and the theming is so on point over there like 
Are you it talking about? It the, actually changes my entire disposition every single time I walk through there. I'm going to say it wrong. It, I, I don't even know if it's correct, but in my mind's eye, I quickly thought of Harambe. Is that the Harambe village that you're thinking of? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. okay. Your favorite resort. So you're staying on property. Your favorite resort. So I'm a DVC member. Um, so I, I have to throw I, I have to throw my hands up for the uh, for my home resort, which is uh, Wilderness Lodge. Okay. So I'm all about that lobby. Like there's like in Vermont, we've got laws that that our buildings don't even exceed three stories in Vermont because we don't want it to be an eyesore for like all the mountain viewscapes and the lake viewscapes and stuff. So we've got zoning that doesn't allow buildings higher than than three floors, except for in a very couple of spots they've waived the zoning variances to allow it but there's almost no buildings in vermont that are over three stories so to walk in a lobby oh man the grand that's it's it's like six it's twice as high as any building in vermont and it looks like you're in a cabela's or something like it's like i don't know it's so foreign to me that that like it's the best thing but honorable mention to pop century because that was what we came up through all the way up through there. Like, okay. I love the food. You can't beat the food court in Pop Century. That food court's amazing. Okay. <clears throat> I can just imagine you with the monumental Way of the West music as you walk into Wilderness Lodge, like almost an emotional scene, having the music be very emotional and seeing it, you're like, uh, you're, you're wiping tears from your eyes, you know? So it, And I'll sit there, like I will get up early every single day on vacation before my wife and kid because I'm an early riser by nature. And those two will sleep till 10 if you let them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get up and almost nobody's down there in that huge lobby. And I'll go and I'll get my cup of coffee and I'll, and I'll go sit in one of the, uh, one of the big red chairs that almost looks like it could be Gaston's mm-hmm. chair. And I go sit there and I just look around and soak it up. And over the course of about an hour, the lobby will go from totally empty to just like hopping. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to watch the place wake up. Jeremy, I love that you said that. It's one of my favorite things as well. I get up early. I'll take my camera. And the pictures I I sometimes share, sometimes keep for myself. And I just walk around the entirety of the resort, even the pool, everywhere before anyone else gets up. You get the best pictures. You You get pictures like you can't imagine. And it's like this resort at this time is just for me. And you yes, know, it's, my it's, resort. it's my resort. You're welcome to stay at my resort, everybody. Yes. This is my resort. You know, yes. it's it's like the magic time. I agree with you completely on that. Awesome. Why DVC? Why did you pick DVC? Um, so we had made so many trips. Uh, so every time I asked my wife, so I, I've been with her, I don't know. And that's funny, too, about me and my wife is neither of us can tell you our exact anniversary. Because we became friends, and then we kind of started dating, and then we like um, one day her father called and uh, and said, "Hey, I'm just going to bring over some of your stuff to Murray's house since you're staying there." Like that was how she moved into my house. Her, Holy her, cow. her dad, my like, he just moved stuff to my house. I was like, "Great!" And he's laughing because he's laughing. He's like, "Said so she's already staying there," okay. you know. So like, I I had the family blessing. You did. You know? And also, he's a he's a lighthouse enthusiast, so he wanted to use like that room for that had some of her stuff in it for his lighthouses. <laughs> so, but anyway, 
Yeah. So like we can't, I can't, neither of us can tell you when we exactly got together. Like it, it was a natural evolution that just happened and kept happening. And now we're happily married with a kid. Um, but uh, every time I asked her where she wanted to go on vacation, it was always the same answer. I'd be like, hey, do you want to go see uh, Niagara Falls? You know, it's only like eight hours away. Or do you want to go see the Grand Canyon? Or do you want to, like, oh, how about we go to Disney World? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, next time I'd be like, hey, do you want to, like, so after, like, seven consecutive vacations, um, we became DVC because my wife had to go to the bathroom. So I was left unattended. We went over to the Polynesian. Oh, Lord. Yeah, and we ate at Ohana. So I'm basically food drunk and, you know, like I'm halfway into a coma from eating the Ohana buffet with the Bananas Foster's dessert. Which and you're, is, you're very agreeable at this point, correct? Oh, I, I would, yes. You're like, I'm just nodding and smiling. And <laughs> and so I'm over near the doors and my wife's like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom before we leave. And I'm like, okay. So I've got this stroller with uh, my one and a half year old at the time. And she's just chilling out, and this lady, DVC lady, walks by. She's like, hey, how you doing? I was like, really good. <laughs> just stand at Ohana, you know. And uh, she's like, oh, first time here? I'm like, no. She's like, first Disney vacation? I'm like, oh, no, we come here about, you know, every other year. And she's like, well, why aren't you DVC? And I'm like, ah, that's for rich people. And she's like, oh, no, let me tell you about DVC. Yeah, I know. And I'm I'm just, you know. And uh, so she said, I'm like, well, that sounds nice. That sounds nice. And so essentially I wanted – it was also about laundry. See, when you're over at Pop, you have to, like, gather all your clothes up and you have to go to a separate building to do laundry preach on this absolutely especially in florida laundry if you're there for more than five days you're like oh i'll just bring it home then you got to catch up for like two days right it's it's yes. the wor- it's the worst well and you got to remember chris that my clothes are twice the size of your clothes it's true it's true <laughs> that's very like, true like i see you here on camera and you'd have to make a twin and duct tape you to yourself <laughs> to be my size like, okay. you'd be like, <laughs> you're, you're you're so very right about that okay so you got dvc yeah. and you picked Wilderness Lodge because you loved it so much, irregardless. No, no, no. no I'd never been. I'd never been inside Wilderness Lodge at that point. Okay, it was what was on sale, oh. and uh, it was it was just the one they were selling, and they they played up the seven month window. Gotcha. And um, originally, we were going to basically bank our points. We had a we bought a hundred point contract. Our the ele- original the eleven month window, Jeremy. They they played on the eleven month window of that. No, the seven month window that you could go wherever you wanted. Oh, I, okay, I understand. On the eleven. Okay. okay. So I was like, basically, okay, this is the for sale one, and I can go anywhere else at seven months anyway, so mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter where I buy. Now I wasn't educated at all. You know, there's people who are like, oh, I contemplated this. Like I sat down with a cop calculator, and I figured out how much money we were take we were spending on vacations already. And then I did the math, and I was like, okay, we can stay at a one-bedroom, which will have our own laundry facilities, and we can do that every other year uh, for essentially the same price. So I was like, wow, we could stay at a place with our own laundry every other year for the same price? Deal. Let's like, let's just do it. So um, we bought we, – we went. We showed up. We bought. I ran the numbers. It was great. But – um, when I real for, there are two things that happened after that is one, um, I realized that because you get the AP discount, we could basically, instead of staying in a one bedroom, we could stay in studios 
basically every year for the same cost with the with the added cost of airfare. Mm. So basically, if I was willing to drop for airfare, I could go every year instead of every other year. So even though I pretty much bought DVC to be able to do my laundry in my room, I've still never done laundry. Never done in my laundry? Room. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so if I ever buy a second contract, it will be so that we can alternate every other one. We can bank a year, bank a year, and then stay at different resorts, and then so I can do my laundry. But then I'm wondering to myself: Do I really want to drop another eighteen grand to be able to do laundry? Correct. Well, you know what, Jeremy. It, there's nothing that's better. Laundry. That is expensive laundry, but there's nothing better than having like a load going at dinner time and having fresh clothes. And when you come home, you take your luggage out of your bag and you put it back in your drawer and it's like done. But I, it, and you're absolutely right. But, and I, I probably will go that direction, but it makes me think that I could probably just find someone be like, Hey, 500 bucks. You just come to my, come right. to my room and do my laundry for me while I'm right. gone. <laughs> All right. And I could, I could do that 36 times at $500 for the cost of a Easy. <laughs> your favorite Disney movie. Oh, that, oh, what are you doing to me? Uh, I'll let you even encompass Star Wars and Marvel in that, if, if, if so need be. It's so hard. It's so hard. Um, wow. I, I can't believe I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock up on this, dude. I've got a little Rain Man in me, and you just triggered me. All right. Okay, so, like, so, so um, think about that. Then. Let, me t- let me just say that the first Iron Man is what brought me into the franchise. Mm. So I could always just throw on the first Iron Man movie mm-hmm. because it's, it is such a good standalone flick and it's what opened up the whole rest of the journey for me. But honorable mention to every 90s Disney, one that's got the Disney sing-along. It's like, I love The Little Mermaid. Like, I friggin' love that movie. Gotcha. And like, and like, my favorite character of all time is Gaston. That guy cracks me up so bad. Like love Gaston, gotcha. Which is a, I'm, supposed, I'm not supposed to love Gaston, I guess, but I love Gaston. That guy's amazing. You know what, Iron Man, great choice. We just watched it about. Well, we, I've seen it many times, but we just watched it as a family about maybe two months ago, and the mm. kids loved it. And you're right, it is. Tony is so cocky, so brash, so resolved to go and finding a solution to this. It's well thought, you know, and and yeah. and. Jebediah there, uh, or Obadiah, Obadiah. Yes, Obadiah. Yeah. What a great look, you know, for a villain, you know, as far as yeah. the ball with the beard. Oh, great movie! It's a great choice. How about your favorite non-Disney movie? Uh, favorite. I, I've I probably watched The Matrix more than I've ever watched any other movie. Gotcha. The first time I saw Matrix in the theater. I went. I went to the theater six times to see The Matrix, and and getting money out of me to go to the movies is like pulling teeth. Okay. So like I don't. I use. I wait for a lot of movies to come to video, and for some reason I don't even know why I went to see The Matrix because I didn't see any advertisement that was especially good for it. I just have somehow went made it there, and I ended up going. I took every single person I knew to The Matrix to go watch it with me. You swallowed the red pill after you saw The Matrix, go, oh. right? Oh my god! I know kung fu. Right? Holy! I want to know kung fu. I want to know kung fu. You went down like, the rabbit hole. How about oh Matrix Two and Three? Did they meet you, or, or did it get a little bizarre? Oh hell no! They no, were those, weird. They were, so so just yeah no no Matrix One. Yeah, Matrix, Matrix Two and Three Matrix, got Matrix off the rails. One is, Matrix One and done. Gotcha. Yeah, like, did you see Matrix Four is in the filming? They've they they I and, did see that, and, and they've cast a lot of the main character back. 
honorable mention to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Love that movie. Gotcha. Um, I heard you mention Ravenous. And, dude, that was, like, I forgot that movie even existed, and I loved that movie. Me and my best friend used to make, every year, we would, once a year, we would get together and eat rare steaks and watch Ravenous. Guy and Pierce. we haven't done it in, like, five years, so we need to do that. Jeffrey Jones is creepy AF, and Guy Pierce plays a great role in there. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's 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 a bizarre movie. It takes you that places is, you're not you're not happy with. So it's got that it's got that superhero vibe thing to it. You're like, like it's so funny. It's so funny when all of a sudden you're like, eat the guy. Yeah. Just do it. Just eat the guy. It, that's, it's crazy. Good question. All right, so I got one yeah. word answers for you for three questions here. Dole yes. rip, citrus swirl. Which one? Uh, Dole Whip with booze. Dole Whip with booze. Okay. <laughs> Mickey Pretzel, churro. Mickey Pretzel with cheese dip. Okay. If you said Mickey Pretzel with booze, I was like, that's enough, Jeremy. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny because I don't even drink in my regular normal life. I don't even really drink. But as soon as I'm like on vacation, it's like there's a switch. So I was like, oh, I'm like, oh I'll have the whatever. And I usually get the, the meal plan. So like they give you a free like $10 drink with like all the quick service meal plans. And if you don't drink it, you're pretty much just letting that seven or $8, $10 go down the drain. So I have to Jeremy, I'm the same way. If you look at my fridge, you'd be embarrassed. I'm not a big beer drinker, but on vacation, like, Oh, I want to try something local. Like Chris, last time you had a beer was like four and a half weeks ago. And it was a Michelob ultra. What are you doing? But like yeah, at, at yeah, Disney, I'm the funny. same way. I must have something Florida brewed. I must like, like all of a sudden I'm this uh, connoisseur. Well, that's funny. See, cause I'm, I'm in Vermont. Like it's all craft breweries out here. Yes. You get like the double hop, like triple hop, like whatever, all this IPA stuff. And I, dude, I'm like an umbrella drink guy. I'm like, I'm like, you give me the whatever's got the most fruit juice and fruit juice and Malibu, you know, like I'm just, oh my God, like I'm such a, all my friends make fun of me because all, they all got like beards and like, you know, pretty much they've all got like chainsaws in the back of their trunks and they've got like double IPA you and pineapple. I'm over here with like my cocktail with like nine umbrellas sticking out of it. You know? All right. Would you be at the refill station with your refill cup or at Trader Sam's Tiki Bar? Um... I'm I'm a sucker for the refill stations. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, I got some non Disney questions. If you don't mind, I want to fire through some non Disney questions as we wrap this up towards the end, and then I want to ask you about Dave's ice cream social at the very end. If that's cool with you, you cool? Yeah, with this? sounds good. Let's, let's do it. So these are rapid questions. Yes, these are these are okay. going to be quick off the top of your head, and you're going to make the wrong answer, and then in about an hour, you're going to text me and say, "Wait a minute, I forgot something." So here we go. Ready? Perfect. All right. I'll try not to overthink it. All right. Your favorite potato chip? Lay's sour cream and onion. Okay. Soda pop. Your favorite soda pop? Pepsi out of the 1980s 16.9 ounce glass bottle. With real sugar? Yes. And from the 80s. Yes. 16.9 ounce glass bottle. Gotcha. Your, yes. f- your favorite candy? Uh, uh... Any kind. Any kind. Um, I got to go with uh, Reese Cup Honorable Mention Snicker Bar. Because oh, my next question was your favorite chocolate bar. So would you consider Snicker. Reese- Snickers? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Pizza topping. You have one pizza topping to put on your pizza. What is it? Uh, I refuse to be limited to one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I reject your question. Chicken, bacon, onion is the perfect combination for a pizza. Okay. Chicken, bacon, onion. Have you ever had barbecue sauce on your pizza? Uh, I yeah, not a huge fan. Okay, I do like I do like the white sauce though. If they're gonna make like a uh, 
um, a Philly cheesesteak pizza with like onions, green peppers, and then they use like basically Alfredo or a, a cheese white sauce. I like that. That's okay. Good. Have you ever had pineapple on your pizza, Jeremy? Uh, I did. I picked it off. Okay, you're not a fan. Okay, <laughs> no. Some people, it, you know, it's kind of like uh, you either love it or you hate it. So yeah. I, I get. I'm, that. I mean, I will still eat the pine. What I'll do is I'll eat the pineapple independently of the pizza. and then drink water to flush the taste out of my mouth and then proceed with eating the pizza. Okay, very good. Are you a hot sauce guy? Yes or no? Uh, I don't count Frank's as hot sauce. I like Frank's. I like Frank's red hot sauce, but it's not very spicy. Yeah. Like as soon as you go like Tabasco, like I can't deal with it because it gives me the acid reflux, but I do like Frank's red hot sauce. Okay. Uh, well, you answered this question earlier, beer, yes or no? And the answer is... Umbrella drinks. Umbrella drinks over beer. Okay. Yeah. Movie that you are embarrassed to say that you love? Uh for I don't me, know if I, lo- I don't know if I love it, but I, it, embarrassing. Like, if you put the movie Beaches on, I pretty much will just be bawling for two hours, <laughs> which is which is kind of funny. And and honestly, it made me do that. Which later, when you mentioned Days Ice Cream Social, my brother ended up dying of cancer. So it's like, like, but I only realized that recently. But Beaches, I would always be like ah, crying, oh and then there's like a cancer thing, and then my own brother dies of cancer, and I'm like, fuck, it's that stupid movie again. <laughs> Oh, my stomach hurts from laughing. Uh, yeah, oh, beaches. Man. I guess beaches would be my answer. Okay, your favorite band of your teenage years? Oh man! Oh, there's so many favorite band. Okay, so I have to give George Thorogood and the Destroyer. Gotcha. Okay, George Thorogood and the Destroyer, but honorable mention to Blink One Eighty Two. That's a weird combination because George Thorogood—they they, were—they were thirty years before your teenage years, twenty years before your teenage yeah, years. Yeah, but like I, the slide guitar and like we've got kind of a rural vibe up here. Gotcha. Like it's it, you know it's not too southern rock. Like Leonard Skinner plays like a lot of like long slow guitar solos that that ramp up but lonesome george man he's always just hitting it with the slide guitar you know move it on over okay okay you know he's just going off man. wow all right so pull out your phone and i want to know what's on your pandora playlist name me name me your pandora playlist oh my gosh this is now this could actually be more embarrassing than anything no no it's you you have to and you you have to be able to be be forthright with this all right so okay so the first thing that automatically popped up was Lindsay sterling radio Okay. So do you know who Lindsay Sterling is? You know what? I've never listened, but but Jordan Black, Michael Black's son, is a huge monumental fan. Oh, she is so good. Dude, like, violin has got, like, the, the instrument is so dynamic. And, like, if you listen to violin, like, there's so many, like, notes and even, like, sub-notes. And so she's playing music that I kind of already like anyway with a rock vibe. But she's doing it with a with an instrument that's just so much more dynamic. Like violin is a very dynamic instrument, and when it's played in a rock connotation, I just go nuts for it. Like, what is it? Siberia Trans Siberian Orchestra? Yes. Is that the other one? Yes. Oh my god! Wizards and Winters. Like dun 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 dun. Oh, I hear you. Kills me. All right. So let me see. I've got okay. So some of this stuff is my wife's radio station. So I'm going to skip past that. Okay. The Carpenters, Carol Carpenter. Oh, what a voice. Okay, way so too young, I, way too young to die. Mm. Oh, unreal. Too bad. It's very sad. So so I work a desk job where I try to have a lot of music, like where, where I'll try to pick some music that doesn't necessarily have a lot of lyrics in it. 
because if I listen to music with lyrics while I'm trying to work, it can derail me. Mm-hmm. So um, let me see. I've got uh, Christmas Canon Radio, which again is a throw to the Trans Siberian Orchestra. I've got Celtic Fiddle Festival Radio. Okay. <laughs> Classic Rock Radio. Uh, Disney's Children's Radio. That's yeah, obviously. Uh, um, Enigma and Enya Radio. Gotcha. Know, like, very haunting. Very Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Hawaiian. Let me see. Uh, Hawaiian radio. That's another good one for listening to just soothing sounds and stuff. Uh, Taylor Swift radio. Coldplay radio. Um, Kids Bop. Yeah. Okay. So, Are you into yeah. '80s synthesizer music at all, Jeremy? I. Lo- oh my! The other day, I randomly out of the blue heard. Uh, something made me think of uh, Take On Me. Oh, I know what it was. I it saw was the your group. Inside your group, the, the, my wife joined Edcott, and she um, – it was the Welcome Wednesday post. And uh, my wife's name is Krista Griffin, but Chris Griffin is a character on um, – the a cartoon character. And so I did one, and it was the Take Me On pencil drawing. Gotcha. But it was of Chris Griffin – and so I did that. So anyway, I had the song Take Me On in my head Take I mean, for like yeah. days after that. Yeah. So I ended up downloading it on my phone, and I listened to that song on loop for probably four hours while I worked. Oh, my God. That's way too much. Oh, it's just, All right. Did you enjoy Stranger Things from Netflix? Did you watch Stranger Things? Binge, binge, binge the episodes as soon as they come out. Okay, Love so it. so here this this changed my work habits as well. I'm going to share something with you. So if you type in Stranger Things Radio, it mm-hmm. plays you. There is a complete genre of synthesizer music with no lyrics, and they're all set to like 1980s beats. That, oh wow! That radio station turned me on to a group called Magic Sword Radio and Time Cop 1983 Radio, and if you play those. There's no words. Every one of them is monumental. The band Magic Sword has been like an amazing listen. So check out Stranger Things Radio, Time Cop 1983 Radio, and Magic Sword. And it's like the weirdest thing you ever heard. And then before you know it, you've got like three hours into playtime. And you're like, I can't believe I never found this before in hey, my life. I'm having a... Can you... Can you hear me right now? Because yeah. I just lost you for a second. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Sometimes the, the the camera breaks up the thing, so not a problem. Okay, there. perfect. So Stranger Things Radio. Yes. Magic Sword, um, S-W-O-R-D. Mm-hmm. And then Time Cop 1983. <laughs> and Dude, you are doing me a service right now. Jeremy, I'm telling you, I listened to it, and I was like, no one's going to listen. What is this heavenly sound hitting my oh, ears? And... God. Like before you know it, like you've been transported back to like when you were a kid. So it, uh-huh. it, it's, thank you for that. I you have probably just changed my life. All right, so hit me up with what is Dave's ice cream social? Okay, so Dave's ice cream social is funny. I'm uh, I am not a charity. I am not a five hundred three c. However, I do a significant amount of fundraising for a local place that gives grants to local people who are going through cancer treatments so my own my own story is um my brother my brother dave so it's dave's ice cream social um my brother dave had two kids and he was 39 and he had not been feeling well for a while 
but he had a problem that gave him blood clots already in his life. So they just blamed everything on the blood clot disorder. Oh, it's the blood clots. Oh, it's the blood clots. Well, he ended up getting blood poisoning and he was hospitalized and almost died in 2014 from blood poisoning. And they literally caught it hours before he would have died from the sepsis. And, um, they were like, how does this guy who's, you know, 39 years old get blood poisoning? And, uh, they did a bunch of tests and it took them about two more months to really finally say what he had, but he had stage four cancer. So he got diagnosed at stage four under 40 years old. So they gave him a prognosis of a year was the average survival rate for his diagnosis. And cancer of what, Jeremy? Cancer. uh, He had, he, it was metastatic at that point. It was all through his body. It began as non small cell lung cancer. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, he had been a machinist for a lot of years. He was a, um, a smoker at one point, uh, for a lot of years. And he had, like, it was, it was one of those things where he kind of, part of it was that part of it that was sad is he was like, did I give this to myself? Mm. And the doctor said, we don't have a lot of people who have given themselves lung cancer from smoking at 39. And I don't know if he was telling the truth or if he was just trying to make my brother feel better. But regardless, that's what the doctor told my brother. Um, but he, my brother said a year is not enough time. You got to help me. So my brother was not really a very complex guy. Um, I'm, I'm more of the paperwork researcher person. Um, so I went to all of his doctor's appointments with him and I tried to help him find something that would give him a better shot. And in the end I settled on a, um, it was an immunotherapy that I found. And I literally for two months, I I just called places on every break at my work after work. I talked to the heads of research labs. Like I put, I wasn't even sleeping pretty much at night. I'd get like three hours of sleep. I was totally invested in finding something to save my brother's life. Um, and I found something that sounded really good and really promising, but because in 2014, this stuff was still a trial, you had to fail out of chemo first before you were allowed to try the, Mm. the, the thing. So, um, and now on, like I, I sleep pretty good at night about that particular situation because my brother's prognosis for five years survival in 2014 with the chemotherapy that he basically had to choose was 5% whether he took the chemo or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that it's been over five years since 2014, I looked up the immunotherapy that I had chosen uh, a couple months back and the five-year survival rate for that one now was like up to like 17.5%. So the therapy that I had chosen for him should, had he been able to do that right off the bat was, was over three times what his survival rate was from the other one. Gotcha. But he ended up dying of pneumonia after his second chemo treatment. So in the meantime, between him getting diagnosed and getting chemo, um, someone at my work suggested the Franklin County area cancer network, um, and that they could send him some grant money, um, because I mean, he was, he just wasn't able to work and it was a bad situation financially for him as well. Um, and so they sent him three grant checks, which equaled up to, I think 600 bucks they sent him in 2014 
and then he passed away shortly after and it was so fast like i my brother was the healthiest i saw him since his diagnosis 10 days before he died of cancer Mm. so they had done targeted radiation to to shrink up some of the tumors that were bothering him with symptoms they'd done targeted radiation and then they had done the chemo and he had he had recovered from his first bout of chemo so he was looking pretty good his color was good he was pretty upbeat his his joints weren't hurting him as bad because of the uh the tumors that had grown in his bones like he was doing pretty good and then all of a sudden he had pneumonia he was in a coma within three days after he got pneumonia because he couldn't get enough oxygen to his brain and then he was just gone Mm. And it happened so fast. And I had done a fundraiser to raise money to be able to cart him backwards and forth from Vermont to Connecticut uh, to be able to do the trial because we were preparing. Essentially, they told us he would fail out of the chemo treatments. And right when that happened, I had the phone number to the guy who was the head of the research department in Connecticut. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we were, I had lined up all the pieces. Like, my brother wanted to live and I was going to save him. And then he was just gone. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was so tough, um, powerless, like more than powerless. So, uh, my brother passed away in September the following year near his birthday in the spring, everybody in my family was bummed out, um, still mourning the loss of my brother. And I was like, well, why don't we do a fundraiser for that place that sent him grant money? Because, you know, that went well. And my brother was always the person who got everybody in the family together for uh, birthdays and holidays. Like he was like almost like the phone tree hub. So like I've got 17. No, at this point, I've got 19 nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews. And my brother would always text me on the day of their birthdays. Be like, hey, it's so-and-so's birthday. Like, <laughs> and then I'd call him up and I'd be the hero. I'd be like, hey, it's your birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. It's Uncle Jeremy. But really, like, it was Dave. Like, Dave was the guy who was facilitating all the family unity behind the scenes. So um, it was a tough loss. So, so basically, I was like, Dave would have us get together, so we're going to get together. And so I went and bugged local businesses, and I got supplies for ice cream sundays and i started the first dave's ice cream social uh there's like a local sports field that has like a common area okay and we served up ice cream sundays and we had a facebook page or basically not even a facebook page a facebook group called dave's ice cream social and an event and then we just invited everybody we knew on facebook and a bunch of people showed up we served them ice cream sundays and we said any size donation is good but we're suggesting five bucks for a donation come get an ice cream sundae we ended up raising twelve hundred bucks that day, and we turned around and gave that twelve hundred bucks to the cancer network that had provided my brother with grants. So that's how Dave's Ice Cream Social was born. The following year, um, my family was like, "Hey, are we doing that ice cream thing again?" And I'm like, "Sure." <laughs> so we put it together again, and then um, the cancer network had. Uh, gotten more notoriety in the community and there's just a lot of people with cancer so the demand for grants was rising and the cancer network was having a hard time meeting those those goals so um i started doing what i call pop-up events where i found local businesses that would allow me to go into 
their business and basically serve ice cream as dessert to their patrons for tips. Hmm. And so I've got a little ice cream cart. I'd wheel up to the table be like, Hey, my name is Jeremy Murray, blah, 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 buy some ice cream. <laughs> and they would give me the money. And, and then I would just drop off the, the, the tip money to the cancer network. And, um, and that went on for a year. And, and then I started basically the last big thing of Dave's ice cream social, which every year now in October, I have an event called Singathon. And, uh, what I do is I make a donation link. That's a 503 C link that goes straight to the cancer network. And for any size donation, I will sing a karaoke song of someone's choice and they make any size donation. I sing the song. I make, I record the video. I put it on Facebook and I make sure that person sees their video. Mm. You know, so I might be like, you know, thank you, John, for your generous donation to the Franklin County Area Cancer Network. And then I found two local businesses have matched my donations every year. Mm. So this uh, Knowles Group Realty um, uh, that just changed their name to Ridgeline and then O'Brien Electric who is a, well, an electrician. And um, so I would get matching donations. So I think this year I sang uh, like $2,100 worth of song requests and those businesses matched it. So I made uh, one match a thousand, the other match a thousand. So I made uh, $4,100 in tips by singing karaoke wow. versions of songs on Facebook. So it's it's bizarre, and and again, I the reason why I started Singathon is because uh, the Cancer Network needed more money for grants, and they'd never turned anyone away from a grant yet. Everybody who has been put in for a grant has received a grant, and I was like, how can I come up with money fast with no overhead costs? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, shit, I'll sing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got use what, use what the good Lord gave you, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, no, don't. Okay, do not think that I'm actually a good singer. That's what's funny. <laughs> That's what's funny about it. Okay, is like is like my, I've got some sisters who can actually sing pretty good. Like I just I do like I make it for entertainment value. Like oh, sometimes my daughter will pop in and she'll be like flinging her hair all over the place, and I will put on like uh, little costumes or. Like, because I'm going for entertainment value, not for singing. Gotcha. Like, there's no way anybody would ever want to listen to a CD of gotcha. you singing anything. Gotcha. Like, you need the visuals. The fact that there's a video there, okay. like, helps get you through it. But by the end of Singathon, when I've sung 50 songs, I, I'll be um, sitting in the chair and I'll see my wife, like, scrolling through Facebook. She'll see, like, one of my songs and she'll just kind of scoop past sometimes. And I'll be like, no, you listen to the song. And she's like, yes, hon, I'll listen to the song. Okay. <laughs> So, so how much did you make then in, in all the time, how much have you donated for the cancer network? Um, so right now I think I'm a couple hundred bucks short of $29,000 over five years. Wow. Yeah. So might as well close enough to 29,000 to say 29,000. You are a amazing person. I mean, that's, that's awesome. And you know what you had, you, there was a need and you, you filled it, you know? So yeah, that's amazing. I know that I saw the videos this year. Oh, I'm sorry for that. (laughs) No, no apologies. We will, you will have new allies and friends in your battle next year. I believe me. So there will be new people to come in and help out next year. 
So. Yeah, good. And I, honestly, Chris, if you want to do your own singathon song, I will make a tip to the Cancer Network, and you can sing a song. And, oh man! You know, I'm just saying, I won't put you on the spot, but you could if you wanted to. You could. Well, let me tell you something. In the car on the way to and from work, I might be the greatest front man for the imaginary band in my truck of all time but my singing voice is not good so you could tell that well i mean it's not like the bar is very high chris okay Okay. so although i do i am rather proud of my kermit the frog impression because i can i can i so like usually every year someone will request the rainbow connection and i can nail the shit out of that better boy well, I'm going to tell you right now. I can just tell you already, Jeremy. This is the first time we've done a show together, and this is to a small group. I can absolutely guarantee you this will not be the last time we do a show together. So I love talking to you today. How could people, you know, for the the, the group that we're on, how do they get a hold of you? I mean, friend, Facebook, Jeremy Murray. I mean, friend, you. Yeah. So, so if, if someone randomly just wants to get a hold of me and we're not friends yet, like I'm sketched out by just like accepting every single single person who friends request me gotcha because it's just sketchy like so like you got to ease me into it gotcha. so like i'm on the ed cop group you know and your facebook group like say hi to me a few times like in the ed cop group so i know you're not trying to sell me like like we're contacting <laughs> you for your car warranty you gotcha. know what i'm saying because if you just if you just randomly cold friend request me don't feel offended if i don't accept your friends request yes. because i actually like being friends with my friends on facebook that said i have like five or six friends from the ed cop group who I actually think are of friends now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I can meet someone online and call them a friend. But like if you cold friend request me, I'm probably not going to accept it. Okay. But you know, you got to lure me in a little bit. You well, know, you, say you, hi, schmooze me. This, you know, like. that, that's how that's how <laughs> you and my friendship started. All of a sudden, I, I don't know if it was a friend request to you or to me. And then somehow we started putting the connections. There was a direct message or two. And before you know yeah. it, I started following your personal page. And I'm going to say this right now. Everyone that we have in Edcott is a good person. Jeremy, you are, someone said this to you once, and you are a national treasure. I mean, I honest to goodness think that... <laughs> From you with yeah. the ice cream social to your answers to, to just being open about stuff, you know what? It is my honor to, to call you a friend, buddy. Well, I can tell you the first time I heard you was on another podcast. And I thought to myself, I'm like, that guy has a smile in his heart. And like that phrase always stuck with me. I'm like, you were talking about your dogs and you were just like, you were, you were joking about how little you like to prepare for vacations. And I was like, that guy's got a podcast. I need to listen to his podcast. <laughs> and like, and at that point I'd only listened to like two podcasts in my entire life. So like I, after one time hearing you, I was like, that guy's got a smile in his heart. I need to listen to that guy talk. And like it, a positive, you've been a positive experience. Like 2019, you were one of the bright spots in my 2019. Well, I appreciate you saying that, buddy. Um, and I feel the well, same. Hold on. Let me give some love. So I loved you first, Chris, but then I also loved Peter and Stacy afterwards. Although I tried to go back and listen from the bat, from the start off. And so I'm sort who was the lady who you first did the podcast with? Okay. Our first host was me, Pete, and her name was Laura Fitzpatrick. Laura Fitz. Okay. So Laura Fitzpatrick. When I first started listening to the podcast, because I tried to go back to the beginning and listen up through, there was this lady who liked to help people plan their vacations and, and like, whatever. And then I listened to, like, 18 episodes, and I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to start listening to the gotcha. current ones. I don't know. 
like 170, maybe 180. And all of a sudden the lady, her voice sounded a little bit different. I'm like, oh, I wonder if she got a cold or something. <laughs> and, and she didn't care about helping people plan vacations anymore. All of a sudden she was into running. And I was like, oh, well, you know, it's been it's been like 160 Lives episodes. Change. It's changed over time <laughs> because I'm terrible with names. And so it took me, I listened to like 40 episodes and I actually became a member of your Patreon group. And then when I listened to the definitive Stacy interview, that was the moment I realized that Laura Fitz and Stacy were two different people. <laughs> and it was like hitting me in the face as hard as you can with a feather pillow. Like it, it blew me out of my body. It's like that scene where she palm thrusts the Hulk and he goes out of his body. That's right. Or like Dr. Strange, like it Dr. Strange me. Correct. So, yeah. so Stacy, a uh, crazy history, Stacy and my wife went to high school together and they were friends, but they weren't, didn't run in like the tight friendship group, but they were friends. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, my, my Disney Facebook dumb started, um, I'm going to say probably six, seven years ago. And I was just on, I happened to be searching just a group. And all of a sudden I saw a post saying, Hey, anyone in this group from Chicago? And I was like, well, me. And then all of a sudden I saw the name Nyman and I told my wife, I was like, didn't you go to school with a, a Nyman? Bam, 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 connection, connection, connection. She's a Disney fan. Joined the show as a guest a few times. Stacy right. and I and Pete have a great relationship, and she is like a yeah. sister to me. So, yeah. yeah so awesome. I want to meet up with Pete at some point in Florida. I listened to the, the definitive Pete interview, and I'm like, I, I want to have a, a, like a, a meet up with Pete. I got to get a hold of him. Jeremy, yeah. he's one of the most reserved guys I know, and he doesn't mm-hmm. share a lot on social media. But I will say he's one of the most genuine, good guys I know. The big guy is a great dude and a good man. Well, it's funny to me. I, like mentally, I assigned like you know you were the guy with a smile in his heart, and Peter was the guy with like the slightly dry sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And he had a line. Um, you guys were talking about his uh, his food, and it it killed me. You like. Uh, he was talking about this fancy restaurant he ate, and there was like ten courses that came out. And you're like, you ate every animal on the ark, and he just straight line return. He goes, and they were all prepared perfectly. That's him. That is him. <laughs> that. Oh man, that was gold. Yeah, text him. Peter down there, he, he, Jeremy. I, I tell you, there's not many more people that you meet that are are, are are better guys than Pete. So text him when you're down there. He's always willing to meet up. Well, I'll have to I'll have to do it for a short time because I'm a lot to be exposed to right off the bat for a long period. <laughs> That's great. That's great. You and I are going to get together at some point, too, as well, too. We'll, we'll find our way down to Florida at the same time. All right, brother? Sounds great. All right, Jeremy, for uh, for spending a little time with us. Thank you. And again, like I said, this won't be our last recording by any means. I tell you, you're definitely welcome whenever you want, buddy. Sounds great. All right. So for listening, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Bye, everybody.